Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Good morning. Hello, Hello everyone. Welcome. Wow, we are almost to Christmas. Just five more days, right? I have my dates right? Something like that. Three? Yeah. <laughs> five? Three, five. I don't you know. sound, you know? sound uncaring. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know. It's a number of days out there. Soon it will be a very <laughs> Merry Christmas. Soon it will be Christmas. Um, so this week, we thought that we would read two of our four <laughs> manuals. Um, if you guys have your devotionals, you can go to um, December 21st, um, and we will start with Emmanuel Part 1. Perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and just read it for you guys. Emmanuel Part 1. He was given a name to explain him exactly. Emmanuel, God with us. He is not a theology or a religion. He is not an icon or mythical movement leader. He is not an allegory or an ideal or a way of life. He is not a memory. He is not a faint echo from a far-off land. He is not just the stuff of stories. He is not less real now than those who could touch him. He does not belong to any denomination. He is not a bedtime story created to make children shape up. He is not just on a special occasions. He is not only in. He is not only in the miracle. He is not here because you called hard enough or because he earned it. He is not a metaphor. He's not here in a riddle or a formula. He is not here by wishing he was real. God is with us. Matthew 1, 18, 25. Um, and I have that verse pulled up. So that's now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave, had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And then Emmanuel Part 2. Sam, would you mind reading that? <clears throat> Emmanuel Part 2. He is here right now, fully, completely. He is in you, around you, with you, over you, about you, for you, on time, in the middle of, surrounding you, and the ones you love. In complete power, he is communicating as clearly as any time in history, doing perfectly to you, for you, by you, thinking about every, thinking about you every moment, walking directly in the middle of your worst fear, your pain, your loneliness, your doubts, your insecurity, your sickness, your tragedy, your fragility, your hope, your joy, your peace, your dreams, your relationships, your love, your longing to have your life count. He is here. He is champion and author of every beauty you find yourself longing for. He is the one who stands over you in your darkest hour. He is lifting you up when you are too exhausted, too devastated, too hopeless, too failed, too compromised, too far gone. He has not forgotten. He is no less able now than than back then. He is not beyond where your prayers reach. He is God with us. Luke 1, 26 through 38. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, and will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is at the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I mostly had questions about the significance of Jesus being called Emmanuel. Um, is this something he told us that he was? Did Matthew call him this first? Or is the fact that he's being called this like fulfillment of the Messiah prophecy? I don't know the answers to that. Yeah. John, Bruce. <laughs> I remember when I first was a preacher at Christmas time, I thought I was the first one who had ever figured this out. <laughs> I, was, I was so excited and, and dramatic about it. Um, but Emmanuel, sometimes spelled I, sometimes spelled E in English, is, is denoting that beautiful, specific truth for this time of the year that Jesus coming to earth is God with us. And all the way back in 700, when Isaiah wrote, he said, amongst all the things, perfect counselor, prince of peace, all these beautiful things, he calls him Emmanuel. And, and at the time, it was like, what, what, is, what could that mean, God with us? And then here comes Jesus, God with us. And the gospel writers say, this is it, you guys. This is that from fulfillment all the way back from seven centuries before. He God is not up in heaven, just there watching us. He is now in our history, breathing the air that we breathe and, and suffering the very things that we suffer and feeling the same joys that we feel. So it's a, it's a particularly beautiful thing this season, isn't it? To be saying he's Emmanuel. Don't we? And, and, and not just he was Emmanuel back in the time of Christ. He's a manual right now. That's a great question. Yeah, I think that to that point, they say that the the gospel and and the whole Bible is one is the best story ever written. And one of the reasons is is because it's perfectly foreshadowed in in every word. Yeah. The Old Testament is all leading to Jesus, and it is all leading to this point of God being able to be with us, and all everything, everything is is this culmination. And so there's not a part where it's like, whoa, surprise, New Testament stuff. You can go back, and it's like, whoa. So this was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago that they were foreshadowing that God would get to be not any longer like the temple over here, holy of holies, and then me over here having to sacrifice a bunch of goats, like. I'm going to get to have this in me, not on, but in. So that with us phenomenon is just incredible. And I love that it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago that they were saying, this hope is coming. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's Frederick Buechner that has the quote that says in 
that this didn't happen just once upon a time, but it's happening still and will keep happening. Um, Like you said, Jonathan, that it wasn't just at that one point that Christ came and was with us for those 33 years, but that it, he continues to be Emmanuel and with us. Yeah. I love the present tense of that verb that Mm -hmm. says he is and is and is and is with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in our darkest hours and in our joys and everything in between. Uh, Yeah. That definitely is relatable to where I'm at last week and this week. Um, the sentence in the second devotional toward the end of he is lifting you up when you are too exhausted, too devastated, too hopeless, too failed, too compromised, too far gone. I'm just like, okay, preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's true. Like it, personally, it's a backstory. I got my results for another exam that I took last week and I didn't pass. Same score, just missed it by a few points, almost hit the mark. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh. God, I, I I know you're there and I feel you. I'm just like, can't I just get three more points to pass this test? Um, and in it all, I know like when I turn my test and I pray over it and I say, just let me know that this is the best that I could do. This is my best and yeah. be okay with that. And then I turn it in and like secretly hoping that my best is passing. But I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, if it's not, that's okay. Um, and it's just been a humbling season. Because in the past, in college and sports and anything, if I work harder, I get the goal that I was trying to hit. I exceed whatever. And I think that's what people know me as, too. And so this whole season has been humbling in that I've worked so hard for each test and, and I don't pass. And I I want to lean toward feeling like a failure, but I know that God is testing me this season and also testing me with other people when they're like, oh, you'll pass. Like, you got it. You're fine. Because they know me my work ethic and how I've done in the past, but it's like, no, no, I won't. Like, it's not guaranteed. Um, and so I definitely feel God when I'm too hopeless or I'm too exhausted. Like, I don't want to keep going and I'm definitely going to have to hundred percent rely on him to get me through. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy how our circumstances sometimes can feel like either God is with us because things are going well, or he's not with us because like, we didn't pass, so that must mean that God's somehow not with us. Oh, yeah. I, if if God is only with us in our good circumstances, like everything's going well, so God must be with me, uh, that's really crappy. Because when you really, really need Jesus, when you're in your deep, dark hole, um, that is when you really need a comforter. That is when you really need someone to remind you who you are. And there is a sweetness to the fact that while God has decided that he won't be in control of our choices and therefore the sin that's done to us and against us and that we will do against other people. And there is a power that is evil (laughs) that is currently, um, attacking that is an enemy that is, um, a destroyer that God says, I am with you. I am with you. And you think of any of a number of stories of just be it POWs or be it anything. And that many people find Jesus because of the darkness. And I think, well, God is not only with us who are, who have received him, but he is with those that he is calling to his light in the midst of the darkness. And I think, so it's not like, well, if Jesus was good, then these things wouldn't happen. It's Jesus is good. And he is with us in this things that shouldn't happen. 
And I won't believe that for many times in my life, but I'm, it's becoming sweeter and more present in that. Yeah. I was sharing just briefly about, um, I struggle with anxiety and sometimes have anxiety attacks that make me feel like I'm, I can't function. Um, and in those times I can't, I don't feel like I can pray really. I don't feel like I can hear truth. Jesus can't remind me of truth. Like I just can't get out. Um, and the only thing that, that really seems to help is that I, I think of and envision God just being with me and present with me and bearing the weight of it with me, even though he can't tell me, even though I can't receive truth or anything, the fact that he is with me, he is Emmanuel in those moments. That's, that's all I need and all I can really receive, um, in those dark moments. I think it's worth stealing from Bruce right now. Cause I feel like he could have said it, but I, I really touched me to, to know that and we have confidence in this, not just cause Jesus said so, but because we have so, so, so many manuscripts that are so accurate. And, um, obviously you can go and look up the stats and look up people who are you know kind of proving out the Bible, but there, God was so careful to make sure that we didn't just have like a whisper of him. He was like, let me give you a barge of original manuscripts that don't differ from each other so that I, he's just a kind God in that way. (laughs) We can bicker and we can get after each other about what we believe about what he said, but there's really not a lot of arguing that he gave us over the years such consistency of what he wanted to say to us. So you can believe it or you can not, but it's there to, to, to know that it's like, yeah, that got through to us. So that's a lovely thing. And therefore, again, he is with us and his word is complete. We'll see you guys next week on the True Face Podcast.